0: Hello everyone, welcome to Junior Doctor's Corner. My name is Dana and I am your host for this podcast. Uh, thank you so much Mia for um, joining me on this um, little project of mine, and thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on this podcast. Um, So um, let's jump into the first question. So how did you go about choosing your elective? Uh, I mean, how did you work out which clinical school was the best fit for you?
1: Mm -hmm. So um, thanks, Dana, for inviting me here. Um, It's a huge honor to be able to be your first guest uh, so I guess a little bit um, mm-hmm. of a background, so I did my clinical electives at um, Harvard, Yale and Brown and what attracted me was that um, since I've been doing medical school in Australia I recognise that it's very different, so even though we're a, definitely a first world country, perhaps. Because we've got a more focus on public health care compared to some other countries who have a more research based and um, it's very different. They sponsor things based on um, pharmaceutical companies, you know, very much based on centers of excellence. So what motivated me to try something new is that I want to see how healthcare is practiced in other mm-hmm. countries, um, whether that is very different to what we have here. Um, and I guess from there you can really take two roads. I know lots of people who went to third world countries to see a different kind of healthcare. Um, a lot of my friends went to Nepal, for instance. Um, I think that's really excellent. And as long as you're getting a great experience out of it, that's really what's you know, most important. Um, for me, uh, I have you know friends over in the States who I did want to visit as well. And the other thing is, at the time I was really interested in um, neurosurgery, neurology in the brain. I'd already done a course in neurorehabilitation that I really enjoyed, um, and I just thought that it'd be great to see how um, neurology and neurosurgery is sort of being practiced at the very you know, highest centers, or the centers where all this new research is being um, being done. Um, my first elective to start off with was Brown. So they were doing a really interesting project um, on sort of using um, the retinal vessels to detect signs of amyloid deposits as an early detection for Alzheimer's. So that to me was so interesting that I was really sold from the beginning that this is where I want to go. Um, and then after that, um, I went to a elective at Harvard for paediatric ophthalmology so um, I actually applied for many different electives there and paediatric ophthalmology was one that I got in the end and I was really um, really happy because it's something that I haven't actually at that point had much exposure to um, I was a bit uncertain I was like oh like how's this gonna go um, ophthalmology is quite sub-specialized and paediatric ophthalmology is even more sub-specialized than that so I was kind of really nervous I was like oh what if I you know I did really poorly because I, I don't know so much about this area Um, But that was actually the elective I enjoyed the most by far. Um, My professor was very inspirational. The whole team were so dedicated. Um, They're friendly. They all were working as clinicians. They're working as researchers, working as teachers. Um, Yeah, and they're also mentors to the students and myself. So I just felt like the whole team were so inspirational, it really um, opened up a new field for me. So from that point on, I've actually been um, trying to do ophthalmology. So just from working with a team that was so inspirational and so um, dedicated to my learning as well, um, I just knew that this is what I want to do. They're really happy people. And they're really um, just so passionate about their work that it was very infectious. Um, So that was my second elective. Um, And just knowing that, you know, because I did want to, try and see if I enjoyed ophthalmology. I knew that uh, Mass Eye and ear would be somewhere I want to go. It's one of the top places to go. And I recommend if there is a um, career that you're interested in, to try and go to um, one of the top centres so that you can get exposure to what it's like working there. Um, and my last elective was at Yale. So it was in neuroradiology so like i said um, what motivated me was you know the brain so this is one of my original um, interest points and i really enjoyed it it was actually very hands-on um, which was very different to what i thought it'd be and um, i got to spend a lot of time with the team Um, there weren't many students i think at that time um, the students had just gone the four-year students gone to go to their own interviews for um, the match so i was pretty much one of the only radiology students so i got to go to interventional radiology I could go to MR, to CT, to nuclear medicine. I got to go anywhere I wanted to go. So it was a very um, independent, very free elective, um, and I really enjoyed it.
0: Wow, that sounds like you had such an amazing experience with your electives. And um, it it was very interesting to hear how um, an amazing um, elective, uh, how it can actually influence your career choice at that point in time, um, it it sounds like you had a great team around you and you received a lot of teaching and support and um, how those things do play a part in your uh, future decisions for your career. Um, Now, you did an amazing job um, applying for these centres of excellence and I have come across medical students who were often... um, doubtful or sceptical about getting into um, a centre of clinical excellence for their electives. So what did you um, do to make your application stand out from the others? And um, what did you think made the difference in um, helping you succeed in your application at these centres of excellence?
1: Yeah, that's a very good question. So I've been asked that uh, multiple times since I've been, and I've tried to sort of pass on um, to the best of my knowledge what I think may have stood out. It's very hard to say because um, at the time I definitely, when I was writing the application, I had no faith in myself either. I felt like, oh, this is this is really just um, you know shot in the dark. So I tried. Um, I definitely i would recommend trying to apply to as many places as possible like don't narrow it down to just one or two because um the the success rate is quite low for even one school so if you're going to go through mm-hmm. um you actually have to get a lot of things done like your Im- immunizations the application process to get all these people to write referees for you so to go through that i would say to narrow it down to a handful of places you're interested in um for the actual um applications the main thing apart from the standard um, compulsory things. Your personal statement is quite important, so I tried to say what what I would enjoy from the elective and what I can bring to the elective. So um, I sort of talked about my background a little bit. Um, you know what motivates me in medicine. Um, you know my research experience. Talked about my experience in volunteering. Um, talked about sort of you know what inspires me in medicine and you know what what I can bring to their team so you know if I have skills in, um move the area that I'm doing the elective in try to mention that um, any leadership experience that you have or community experience and lastly I tried to say um, add in like a personal spin so you know I grew up in New Zealand which is very rocky and mountainous so I just said oh for example um, in Brown is in oh sorry Yale is in New Haven so I just said that, oh, it's very flat. There's a lot of like oak trees and open parklands. I would love to, you know, like, try a new environment. Um, also, they have a lot of, um it's very no- well known for being a very, uh, a big cultural center. So I just wanted to say that, oh, I'd enjoy this culturally. I'd enjoy this academically. And it would bring a lot to my own personal growth as well as my academic growth. So I try to sell it in a way that um, is honest, but also that they might be able to remember my application. Like, oh, we have this, you know, Kiwi girl who wants to apply and, um, you know, she's also interested in sort of exploring the local area. So I feel like that might set me apart a little bit. But to be honest, um, whatever you write, just try and you know add a personal touch to the end so that they might remember your application a bit more, but I don't really know because I've never seen anyone else's application. I never got any direct <gasps> feedback out <Yep. laughs> from the application, so I don't know if what I did was just lucky that they liked it or whether it might be you know totally different or totally the same to everyone else's. So I would just say this is just my opinion and don't don't take it you know as concrete advice.
0: Well, but I think it's still very fair advice. I mean, you know, your advice about applying to multiple places. I mean, me personally, I um, only applied to one uh, clinical hospital and I got very lucky and and, and got um, accepted with that application. But I was definitely taking a very big risk there. So I think you did the smart thing. You applied to multiple and ended up being accepted to three um, really excellent um, clinical schools. And um, I I really love how... How you you made it yours. You know your state, your personal statement was very personal, and um, you put a spin on it that probably most people would not have thought to put in. And you know it came, it probably came across, uh, and it is very genuine. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if you know that was the reason why they picked you. Um, so um, having said that, um, you know uh, you had a really amazing time, um, and experience with. Um, all three clinical schools what was your most treasured memory um, from your elective
1: oh it's really hard um okay so my most treasured memory I think the one that really just made me you know sort of bounce off my feet for days after was just um, near the end of my elective at Harvard um, my professor me and the fellow were doing a case together and for maybe about halfway through or quarter way through he so the person who's doing the head um head of the operation normally sits at the head of the bed you've got your two assistants on his left and his right um and then he suddenly like stood up swapped seats with me and i was sitting at the head and i thought he was just you know because he's actually left-handed maybe there was like a a different technique that he was doing um but uh he just sort of sat down and he didn't take the equipment i was like oh so what's going on and he's like oh um you know, I think you can continue from here, and I was just like, you know, I was wearing a mask, but if he could see my mouth, I just like started grinning, like I was just so happy, um, and I, you know, said to the sculptor, so I was like, "Scalpel, please," and I continued. <laughs> that was like the best experience. You know, the fact that I felt very really safe, so I could do a surgery. So what I was doing is um, lateral rectus recession. So mm-hmm. We were doing strabismus surgery at the time, mm-hmm. um, and just like. Uh, the fact that first of all it was a very safe environment I had you know very good um, teachers on either side of me but and I felt like I actually felt confident to do it because I've seen him do it so many times I've assisted I've pulled up back the muscles to where I want to be I know what I'm meant to be seeing and I just felt so like overjoyed that uh, yes he's giving me an opportunity yeah. and I actually feel ready for it too, as well yeah and then afterwards, you know, like I would just play back at that moment and I was like, Oh scaffold please and I could start my own thing and you know, I got to resect a muscle by myself. So I was just like, Oh, this is so amazing and yeah, I, I think even even up till now, even though I'm a resident, I still haven't done um like being the um I guess the head surgeon in a um in a uh, ophthalmology case since then. So that just goes to show that how much they trusted you and how much they really pushed you to learn as long as they felt like you were capable and this was something that they felt comfortable with you doing they would let you um sort of grow as much as you could so i thought that was really amazing a huge experience and a very big confidence booster even up till now when i'm like okay you know um what how far can i go in this i'm like well i can go as far as i want as far as i feel comfortable going
0: yeah. Wow. That's that's amazing that you got to basically do your own procedure. You operated on someone, yeah. and um, I guess um, my follow-on question from that yeah. is, um, what made the difference in um, uh, you know you earning the um, trust of that head surgeon? Like, what do you think you did to earn his trust um, to hand over that seat and that scalpel to you?
1: Um so there's many things that i did so i guess because i knew that this is an area of weakness for me i did a lot of reading before the elective um i read uh like a pediatric ophthalmology book from uh coverage cover, to cover for, and that's you know i even though i i am very driven usually i don't often read cover to cover <laughs> before, <laughs> before before you know in your rotation i have to admit usually i just pick the pieces that i'm not good yeah, at yeah i'm guilty of that yeah. as well <laughs> That's one thing I think to be prepared um, and to be very keen. So I think I was lucky because usually if you are doing a um, elective or somewhere close to your own hospital, you might have you know other commitments. You might be seeing your family, or friends. You might have you know assignments or group projects. You might have a lot of other things. But because I was so far away in the states, um, you know, apart from my email, there's nothing else from home that was distracting for me. I could really focus on my elective. You know, um, obviously I, living in accommodation, I wasn't going to be cooking for myself, which means grocery shopping, um, you know, there's a lot of things I didn't have to do anymore, so I could really focus on the selective. Um, apart from time I spent sleeping, I was pretty much um, in the hospital the whole time, so I, I showed them that I was very keen and very, um, very involved in the team, so I would be at all the clinics, I would not only be in the theaters for the ones I was assigned, but I would go out of my way to find, like, to find consultants who were like, "Oh, you've got, I noticed that you have a theater today. Can I please come and watch?" So I go to more um, theaters than what you know your timetable schedules. Um, I also went to so after hours, after the clinics finished at five or six, they actually do consulting on inpatients as well, and you know usually most of the team leaves, so it's just you, um, a fellow or a reg, and and the um, the intern, so the team gets much smaller. There's much more personal teaching, so I would stay with them for that too. So I was pretty much in hospital from morning until maybe eight eight pm ish or something. Uh, and, and it sounds like like even to me right now, I know it sounds like a lot of hours, but I really enjoyed it. And the whole time I was I was learning. You know, I wasn't asked to do any paperwork or to do anything that was sort of um like any laborers task. I was just getting taught the whole time. Um, yeah, and it was really interesting. I saw so many interesting cases. So I think as long as you, you know, really um, try and become part of the team, and that you gain experience through sort of osmosis, almost, there will be a time. <laughs> there will be a time where they're happy for you to have a go with things.
0: Oh wow, that that really like um, the the um, the saying about um, how if you do something you love, you never work a day in your life yeah. it really rings true in this situation. Yeah. By the sounds of it. Yeah. So,
1: Oh, I just remember one more thing. So I also brought home because ophthalmology sutures are very small. Um, so I actually, if they opened any sutures that, um, sometimes they the scrub nurse will open a couple just so that she can have them ready to hand to the surgeon. So if they opened any that were unused, I asked to take it home to practice, so then I could practice because it's so small, mm-hmm. um, compared to regular sutures that they're very hard to maneuver. So actually, I would go home and practice using them. Um, and I had also, <laughs> this is going to sound very key now, but I also actually bought myself a set of um, dental sutures. Mm-hmm. So they're a little bit bigger than the ophthalmological suturing kit, yep. um, but not by much. They still have springs. Mm-hmm. So the, the one thing that's really hard I found when I first, when they first started to let me, you know, suture the conjunctiva was the suturing kit that they had, oh, everything was very really springy. So you, you couldn't really control it with just, you know, your hands. You always had to it's like the tension in your hands as Mm -hmm. well. And that was Mm -hmm. something that was hard to get used to at first. Mm -hmm. Um, So I bought the dental suturing kit to take home and I would practice with um, the open sutures and I would just practice suturing the pillow at Mm -hmm. home. Mm -hmm. So I think because of that, I might have been able to adapt to using that um, a bit more quickly. Mm -hmm. So then they were happy to let me sort of progress uh, as I improved.
0: Mm, Okay, wow. Wow. You, you you were a very dedicated um you medical just, student by the sounds of it
1: but it's just they were so um like they would stay overtime just to teach me things so i felt like you know I'm getting such good teaching. I really need to take advantage yep. of this mm. um yeah i mean i've been I've had excellent rotations in Australia as well, but I think um something in just about their their dedication to teaching is something I've never really um had the sort of the opportunity to experience mm. mm-hmm. they were um as as long as you were happy to stay there and learn, mm-hmm. they would be more than happy to um stay there with you to teach you so it made me, made me feel like I owe it up to them to to try
0: and to learn as much as I could mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So that was a lot of good advice there. Um, But is there any other advice that you would give someone who is about to embark upon an elective? And how else can they make the most out of it? travel oh like I,
1: even though i did spend like almost all my weekdays at the hospital the weekends i went to new york um you know i went to florida at one point as well to go to the theme parks there i mean you if, if you are going to a new country Definitely, yes, you know, do the medical part and experience as much as you can medically, but also enjoy yourself, you know, don't get burnt out. Um, You know, the food, the travel, um, the people, the culture, try and experience as much of that as possible. Uh, Make sure you get the right visa for where you're going. Um, That can take a little while, so try and apply early. What else? What else? I think as long as you try to make the most out of it and make sure that, you know, this is experience that you'll really enjoy, because no other point in your career can you really just drop everything, go to a new country for a month or two and just do rotations responsibility-free. Mm-hmm. Um, every other point in your life, <laughs> it won't be um, sort of... Like there's no pretty much no strings attached mm. when during your medical elective, yeah. they're not expecting you to come back. They're not really, they're not <laughs> evaluating you for a job. Yeah, they're not, um, you know, they're not assessing you. They're not really. They're only there to teach you and to yeah. provide you an opportunity. Yeah, and your only job is to be open minded. Yeah. So it's it's a very um, stress free and very lovely environment, teaching environment mm. to be in. So mm. I'd recommend just making the most of it.
0: Yeah. But I, mean, I mean, even yeah, what you said is completely true. Um, but even then, it can open doors ways to jobs in the future and um, I believe you made a lot of connections while you were there didn't you?
1: Yeah so um, I ended up doing some research projects with um, and during each of my electives so um, at the end of it my three electives I had four papers that originated from that and you know that has been um, really amazing and opening doors for me back home in Australia as well so um, definitely try try to maintain, you know, these connections, and I, I'm I'm hopeful that if I ever did want to go back, then at least I have people that I've worked with before who you know might remember me in a positive light, and that would always be a good
0: thing as well. That's very good. Um, thank you so much for all the advice that you've shared um, on this um, episode of this podcast. Now, um, it is our first um, inaugural episode, I guess. You could call it that, or you could call it a pilot episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is one question that I would like to ask all the junior doctors that I interview. Mm-hmm. And um, this um, question is, um, you know, I guess, basically working as a junior doctor or specifically a resident can be really tough at mm-hmm. times. Um, and because here at Junior Doctors Corner, we do pride ourselves in, um, you know, supporting um, all our fellow junior doctors. Mm-hmm. So um, my question is, um, on days or times when it's tough mm-hmm. uh, at work or um, even after work, okay. um, what um, is it that keeps you going or what is it in your life um at the moment that works for you that keeps you sane um you know so that you can wake up again the next day and do the amazing work that you do as a junior doctor
1: okay so um I guess one of the things that I try to stick to is work is work and home is home, so I try not to bring any stresses or any, you know, um, pressures from work back into the house, it's not always effective, but one thing that I have is I have a, um, a playlist on my phone that I play, it's actually called De-Stress, and I just, you know, on the way to work I listen to podcasts, on the way back I listen to music, so um, it's just pretty much songs that are very relaxing, very positive, very upbeat, and songs I love to, you know, sing to, um, so pretty much... On the drive home, I try to just leave work behind, and by the time I get home, I try to be in a good mood. I try to be, you know, ready to, you know, to enjoy myself and just to relax and you know do the things I need to do. Um, other things include just trying to stay in contact with friends, family. Um, you know, I have a dog as well. So that's always you know, a great thing to come back to. She's always really happy to see me. and I'm really happy to see her. Um, yeah, so I, I guess mainly trying to not let work affect your personal life is a big factor for me because there's always great things and bad things that happen at work and you don't want that to you know, affect the people around you as well. Um, yeah, I think that's mainly in yeah, trying to stay healthy. So it's very easy after a late night to just, you know, buy junk food. But you're actually going to have probably, you know, f- for your intern year, maybe a third of the, the days will be a late night. You don't want to be eating, you know, junk food for a third of a whole year. <laughs> so, so any day that you can, you know, even though you've come home late, you can still eat something healthy. That's going to be a huge benefit. Mm. So try and sleep as much as you can, eat as, as best you as you can and be as happy as you can. Yeah
0: yeah i I totally agree with all those points that he's just said that um you know it you've really um uh, sort of uh, showed me how uh, great it is to have a dog and has actually influenced me to want to get a dog myself. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so yes, once again, thank you so much for your time, Mia, and thank you so much for joining us on this first episode of our um, podcast. And um, we hope that we can have you back on our podcast again in the near future. Yeah, sure. Anytime. Be- for more episodes, head to www. JuniorDoctorsCorner.com.